Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, week and a bit off of, of football, and I've I've completely lost my way with it, to be honest. So, looking forward to uh, to uh, yeah, get getting back into it. Uh, yeah, Golden Goal Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, I'm Tom, and as usual, joined by my good mate Sam. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good mate. Nice to have a little break for ten days. Feels like I've never played fantasy football in my life. Like, open my team earlier to have a look, and was like. What is this? What do I do? Do I select players, or you know, it's as much like you, mate? Ten days or whatever it is, two weeks feels like about two years. But yeah, refreshed and ready to get going again. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. Should you have a quick look at your team, mate? How are you getting on in yeah. in Sky? Yeah, as I said, it feels like an age ago, really. But. Um, yeah. Oh God. I'm just look. I, I sort of came back to it and looked at it and went, "That does not look like a good side at all." Um, I don't know what you felt about your team. Um, let's have a look. So yeah, so I'm actually you know quite happy with Sar in goal for now, but he will be coming. Nick Pope. Um, obviously, yeah. A bit of oh, I sort of had him. Was it? It was a Friday night, wasn't it? It was a Leeds game, wasn't it? That was the one, and it was. Uh, yeah, just completely unwolves, like really, wasn't it? I mean, he came he out. With a, it, yeah. That's a zero point captain. So yeah, I've been happy with him in the previous three or four games I've had him, but certainly not happy for that um, for that evening. And he's going to be coming out for for Nick Pope moving forward. But yeah, he's done his job, and you know, leads under a new manager. You're going to have that new manager bounce, aren't you? So it wasn't entirely surprising that Leeds came came back into that game and. Um, the red card obviously didn't help Wolves as well. Um, Gabriel, yeah, I think he was captain for me on the Saturday versus Villa. Yeah, you know, wasn't too sure what to do there, um, but really happy to, to to captain him. And obviously got the clean and the passes tier, so a nice 18. Uh, Rudiger, he didn't play, did he? Is that right? They did, they were blank, weren't they? Is that... I can't remember. That's how much. That's yeah, how much it's... my memory serves me. But yeah, I don't think he yeah. played. No. Um, and then uh, Cancelo, obviously, was also a blank. Yeah, Coutinho, I mean, he's going to be one of these players, isn't he? We've said that already. Sort of 16-pointer, 13-pointer, 4-pointer, 2-pointer. He might have a couple more 2-pointers and then back into, um, back into like, a mega haul again. So, unless he's needed to be replaced for an absolute must for a captaincy, I'll just let him sit, or unless I need a bit of a rearrangement, something like that. Um, I've had him for his two hauls, so totally happy with that. Um, yeah, Mason Mount, yeah, blank again. I brought in Harvey Barnes, actually. Um, I'm quite happy with Harvey Barnes, to be fair. Like, it's a bit of a punt. Um, he's only 6% owned in the top 1K. Give me a little assist versus Brentford there, so that's that's decent. But he's got a nice run coming up. He, he seems like one of Leicester's better attacking players. They've got a condensed fixture run to finish. The only concern for me is a Leicester are, are, have been pretty shit, but b they've got some sort of Europa League conference um, commitment, haven't they? So is he going to prioritise that over the league? Probably, you know, especially with their league position essentially being dead. So that's the concern. But as I said, I've got not really too much to play for, so quite happy to bring him in. And you know, a little assist there um, is absolutely fine. Yeah, I still got Joe Willock sitting in my team. I think I'm going to leave him because there's another little captaincy option. I think I think you're going to need him. Yeah, he's looking him. like a, a smart pick now with that single game day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
You say that, but his returns have been dog, really. Um, he's had a little purple patch last year where he's decent. He had a little game, couple two or three game run where he's decent, but he picked up bonus for me against um, Everton, which was a captaincy, actually, I think. So it was another single game day, so it got me a little eight-pointer. So Did no complaints there. Mate. For... I'll get on to him in a minute. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I was banking on a four-pointer an eight-pointer and a little bit more usage out of him. He's fine. He can yeah. sit there. He's nice and cheap. Um, yeah, Salah didn't play. Harry Kane's on a nice little run at the moment, isn't he? So, 11-pointer versus West Ham. He was my captain. So, 22-pointer, three assists. So, no goals, but three assists there. So, Harry Kane's got quite a few routes to points. He's also a man of the match, darling. I nearly fell off my chair when I heard he didn't get man of the match in that game because he's had so many of them. But um, yeah, really happy to hold. And then I brought in um, Tony. Again, not quite sure why, but um, condensed fixture. And I think there's a couple of captaincy option potentials at some point there. Um, and yeah, with Ericsson back and that little change of formation, I know Ericsson ended up missing because of COVID, I think, in the end. But I'm actually quite happy to have Tony probably now to the end of the season, if I'm honest with you. I think he'll probably get a few goals and maybe a couple of penalties. Um, the only worry for Tony is does he keep his mouth shut about complaining about Brentford? God, it's terrible, isn't um, it? Yeah. Yeah, another video came out, didn't it? Before the game, and I thought he's gonna get he's gonna get dropped here again, but watch this space. I, I did take out for a couple of those moves with Barnes and Tony, I did take out Trent. Um, I do intend on probably bringing Van Dyke back in, I'd imagine. That's kind of who I want uh to move forward for the rest of the season. And I took a Broyer out as well for, for Tony. I'm not bothered about losing him one bit, if I'm honest with you. So, yeah, that's where I am, mate. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss that in a bit. Nice. I'll quickly whack my one up then. Um, so, yeah, I've had quite a few a few good weeks, really. Um, my transfer count has, has gone to the floor. I've probably used five or six transfers in the last three or four weeks. Um, but I've climbed probably about 400 places, so I'm really happy with that. Um, yeah, s- same as you, I've got, got Saar in goal. I've had a bit of a nightmare with keepers recently, mate. I had Dubravka in for four or five games um, with the single game day against Everton in mind. I just thought on the night he was probably the best captain, and it was just an absolutely epic turn of events in, in that game. So the, the, the fan went on the pitch, didn't he, and zip-tied himself to the goalposts. Um, and there was 15 minutes of added time as a result of that. Um, and I think Everton scored in 98th minute. Um, I mean, what if can he not, do? If he'd not clipped himself to the post, you probably would have got your clean sheet. Well, the bloody steward thought it was a good idea to use bolt cutters to free him from the zip tie as well, when he could have just snipped with a pair of scissors. But, I mean, what can he do, right? He, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't watch the game actually, because yeah, watching a game when you're begging a player to get a clean sheet is is torture. So yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch that. Um, Especially Dubravka, mate. It couldn't be anyone worse, really, could it? Or it could be, but there's not many worse, is there? And I thought, to be, to be fair, it's not gone too badly because I took Pope out for him because um, I think Dubravka had like a five or four or five for like two, and then Pope hasn't done actually done that well in the last two or three games. Um, whereas Dubravka's ticks along with a bit of saves bonus and two pointers. Um, and I think overall he's about 10 points up on Pope. So the transfer hasn't been a disaster, but I'd have loved it for him to get a clean sheet against Everton. But yeah, what can you do? And then to give me more pain, I um, for the Wolves and Leeds game, 
I had Rafinha, who wasn't playing. Then I obviously had Dubravka, who I wasn't very happy with in my team at all. So I thought it would be a good idea to bring in Jose Sarr for that game and captain Jose Sarr because I wanted to get rid of my keeper. Rafinha wasn't playing. Looked like a good option to bring in a, a little low-owned captain. And then we all like, you explain what happened in that game. He got a zero-pointer. So, yeah, what can you do? You'd just be glad to see the back of him and just get Nick Pope in and just leave Pope, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And he'll, he'll frustrate us, mate, because he's a, just a mid, mid-priced mid asset, isn't he? And that's why they are like that, because they don't get mega hauls. So you shouldn't have been entirely surprised at the Bravka's re- uh, return either. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was picking up um, Alison on previous podcasts and the one I did on my own last week. I, I really do think once Pope has got his single game days out of the way, if I've got enough budget, I really do think I'm going to have a go with, with Alison. Because the guy just looks unreal in in fantasy at the moment, so yeah, yeah, he's been pretty insane, mate, all season. To be honest, he's quite low key, really. Um, and he does chip in with an assist here and there, and he he often gets, yeah, he obviously he often gets saves bonus as well. Yeah, he does. Um, so and then Liverpool keep tons of clean sheets. I I think there's like one goal in the Premier League conceded since the end of January or something. It's ludicrous. And he's like you say, he's yeah. been getting saves bonus nearly every game as well. So it's not just a nine-pointer yeah. he's been getting. He's been getting 11, 12 points pretty much every game. Um, won't dwindle on my defence too much. Got double Man City, Cancelo and Laporte. I'm very happy with them. I think I'll hold them. Um, I've got Trent. I think... Everyone has to bring in Nick Pope, I think, to cover the Burnley single. And then we've got a Wolves in Newcastle single after everyone's brought in bloody Nick Pope. So Saar will have to go. And I think I'm going to take Trent out for Kilman to cover that single and then bring in a, a Liverpool player for following that. Um, so that's my that's my thoughts on that currently. Got Rudiger and Gabriel. I think you spoke about them already. Um, Rafinha is very close to becoming surplus to requirements to be honest in, in my team he, he didn't play against Wolves he's not been lighting the world up so I'm a bit sceptical about Rafinha at the moment he, he might well leave my team soon um, then I've got Saka and Ramsey I think Ramsey is the enabler legend at the moment isn't he he's, he's just going to stay in my team all season and to be honest with Ramsey I'd be, I'd be happy with two points a game at that price um, and yeah the big two Salah and Kane up top um, I think yeah they'll they'll stay with me with me all season. Um, that's about it really for my team. Yeah, bloody unlucky with the keepers, but like most things, you pick a player in fantasy football with all the thought in the world, the actual outcome is just completely out of your control, isn't it? So um, you can't let those things get you too much. It's just funny. It is what it is, mate. They said they're sort of mid-priced assets or low-priced assets. They're kind of um, they're going to screw you over. So you've got to kind of accept it. But if you do get a little haul there, fantastic. Just trying to remember what game week we're going into. It's now game week thirty-four. I've got I've got the fixtures for game week thirty-four on my screen at the moment. I uh, just thought it'd be worth going through <coughs> each of the days and identifying who the best captain might be. Although to be honest, yeah. I think it's quite a simple one. Um... So Saturday the second, first kickoff of the day, early kickoff is Liverpool and Watford. Then you've got Wolves and Villa, Leeds, Southampton, Chelsea, Brentford, Burnley, Man City, Brighton, Norwich, and Man United, Leicester. Um, I think I've got to go Salah, just because you'll see the team, and if he plays, I'll probably pick him as captain. But if not, a Man City player, I think, is a perfectly decent option, because they love to batter Burnley, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think if you could predict that Man City team and you knew know like with 
confidence who was starting. There's a there's a plethora of of options uh, in that game, but not been able to see the lineup. Um, and if Mo Salah starts at Anfield against Watford, uh, having probably an angry Mo Salah after last night as well, I would imagine majority of the people would put their captaincy on Mo. It was horrendous um, last night, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, if anyone yeah, didn't see that, he missed a penalty in was it a World Cup qualifying final or something? Or yeah, yeah, and he had about thirty lasers in his face. It was absolutely crazy. I'm surprised he even they even carried on with the game with all that going on. But yeah, they have appealed actually, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I don't think there's there'll be much that that FIFA or whoever they appeal to can do. So yeah, expect Mo to play. Um, I think expect him to play Liverpool again. It's like must win for Liverpool every week at the moment, isn't it? It's breathing down City's necks, but then the same could be said about City. So you can sell those, your Laporte's. John Stones picked up a knock, didn't he? So it's like you could probably guarantee that Laporte and Cancelo will probably start against Burnley. But if Mo Salah starts, there's just such a high return opportunity there from Salah. I just think you know stick the armband on him. Um, if you did want to take that punt, then potentially that Man City player on the on the hope that Salah has a bit of an off day and maybe you clean up a 20 to 26 pointer from a Cancelo or something like that. Um, and then Sunday the 3rd, only two games. We've got West Ham at home to Everton and Spurs in Newcastle. I mean, that's quite a simple one for me. The only player I own on that day is, is Harry Kane. And yeah, I think a pretty obvious captain, really. Yeah. Well, you're certainly not going to go from anyone from Everton, are you? So, um, yeah, Harry Kane for me. I've actually got Joe Willock as well, but strangely enough, I'll be on. Um, I'll be on Harry. <laughs> uh, Monday, the fourth of April, we got Palace at home to Arsenal. Um, I think there were there were three Arsenal players you could genuinely pick. Even Gallagher as well from from Palace. But yeah, I think I Ramsdale, Gabriel, and Saka—they're all going to be high owned. I think. Yeah. Pretty even on the captaincy poll. I think this could be a day where there's a bit of a swing, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I've got Gabriel and Saka. In, based on how how Saka has been in my team, I think I'm going to have to captain him in that game. Um, but I wouldn't want to push anyone to captain Saka, Gabriel or Ramsdale over like each other. I think they're, they're each as good as, as good as good as one another, really. So my thinking was, was this... Although I said a minute ago, I would be happy to hold Coutinho. My plan pre-international break was get the next game out of Coutinho versus Wolves and then ship him off for Saka for the rest of the season. Um, the reasons for that, Saka's in great form. And we came up on our last pod, me and Ben, and said Saka could be highest scoring midfielder of of the remain, remainder of the season. And I genuinely believe that. So... I think I could do that. And then I would probably stick the armband on Saka because I think um, uh, Palace will probably score. I think Gallagher's a really good chat, mate. He looked really good for England as well, didn't he? I, I didn't watch, but from what I read, um, uh, yeah, he looked really good. He's, he's been a great pick all season and, 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 and could come out with a haul on this game and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, um, and obviously Ramsdale's a bit of an injury risk at the moment. I think I don't really know what's going on with him. I think it's touch and go as to whether he plays, but you see the lineup, so I don't think it's too too damaging. Yeah. Um, and then Wednesday the sixth, we got Burnley against Everton. 
Um, and I think, well, every man and his dog's going to be on Nick Pope for that one, and he'll probably get a two-pointer. Yeah, yeah that's fine, along with everyone else. <laughs> I think he's the only option, really, um, from Burnley, in my opinion. Decent option who can get a bit of a haul. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be moving Saar to, to Pope, probably finishing the season with him, dependent on fixture releases and injuries and stuff. Um. So I did have. Oh, I'm not going to talk too much over it because I think some of the questions might um might push us towards talking about it as well. But I did. I have got the uh, the fixture grid that um, Frank at FF Stuff has created, um, just to show where the single game days and how the fixtures are all are all lying. Um, and yeah, I was just trying to explain my my plan really for for um for transferring in Kilman for Trent. Um, so obviously mm-hmm. we see the lineup for the Liverpool Watford game. Um, so if Trent plays, it certainly makes the decision a lot harder. But at least we'll know whether he plays or not against Watford because you'll see the teams. My plan is if Trent doesn't play, I'm going to bring in uh, Max Kilman. You get um, Max Kilman against Aston Villa, and then he plays Newcastle in a single game day. And then you can even go back to Trent if he plays against against Man City. Um, or you, or you can. Well, yeah, you probably have to go back to Trent looking at it because they got Man City and Man United, and Wolves don't actually have a game in that period of time. Um, but yeah, that's my plan. I think I'm, if Trent doesn't play the um, Watford, I'll bring in Kilman for a couple of games, and then bring Trent or Van Dyke. Probably bring Van Dyke in to be completely honest, just because he's a little bit cheaper. Um, but yeah, that's my plan. Swap a Liverpool out for a Wolves. Um, I think that'd be quite a common move now for Trent owners, to be honest, because. The Nick Pope single sense, game right? is really annoying, especially if both of us with Sarah, I think. It's just the way it's fallen. If it had been the other way around with the Wolves game first, um, you just leave Sarah in for that and then you just then move him on to Pope. But like you said, you've kind of got a bit of in-out in, essentially. Don't need Sarah now, go Pope, and then potentially would want Sarah back. But like I said, that's where Willett comes in for me. I don't expect any more than a two-point, a four-point captain, if I'm honest, um, for that one. The concern there is that a load of people go to to Wolves defence and then Wolves get a clean sheet. But they've been Newcastle been playing pretty well under Eddie Howe and scoring goals, and you know that's what I'll, I'll hold my hat on a little bit that that Wolves actually concede and maybe Joe Willock's involved in some some format. I know that sounds like asking for the. Um, stars to align a little bit there but yeah that would be my uh my plan i think if you i don't actually see anything wrong in a new bringing in a newcastle like forward asset if you want it to be that way you i, I mean st maximan's an injury prone individual isn't he but ryan fraser's proved he can he's got a double digit haul in him a couple of times so you know well, could go that way. Yeah, I don't know. Still, I, Tottenham don't strike me as the best defensive side. And yeah, Wolves have been leaking goals. I, I don't hate Chris Wood either. And I don't know how close to fitness Callum Wilson is either. Um, I doubt he'll be back for, for that game, to be fair. But I, I, with Callum Wilson in that team, I think New, Newcastle will be pretty formidable, to be honest. He's a proper, he's a properly good yeah. centre-forward, is Callum Wilson. So. He is. You just can't trust him for more no. than five minutes because he's hammies. But... Like I think next year and the rest of this season, we're not looking at the Newcastle game as an easy game anymore, are we? We're like, oh, this is Newcastle in a, under under new management, um, a little bit of a tougher team. A, they're scoring goals, and B, they're probably a little bit better defensively as well. So, yeah, 
see what see what happens over the summer with Newcastle. Presume they're going they are going to stay up, aren't they? And uh, I think well, I yeah. think they need well, yeah they're pretty much guaranteed to stay up now. I think they've yeah got they're fine points, yeah. yeah. Any other observations on those fixtures, mate? Otherwise, we're just going to the questions, and I'm sure we'll have yeah, to Yeah, going to the questions. I'm sure we'll cover some of that yeah. stuff in the questions, won't we? Let's have a look-see then. Um, so, I've got quite a few. Th- and as always, yeah, th- thank you, everyone, for, for both listening to the podcast and asking your questions. Re- really appreciate it. Um, so, Luke NDN, our good mate Luke, is asking for the best Kilman, re- Kilman replacement the weekend after the single game day. Um, and he's thinking he might go back to Laporte um, with City's running looking nice. Uh, titles bound to go the distance, which means Laporte's probably more um, likely to play. I can't talk him out of Laporte, mate. I don't. I don't no, that's a really good shout. Actually, it's just such common sense. Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa straight after Liverpool's like passing and clean sheets written all over that. John Stones knocked Diaz, not fully back, not fully fit. Um, Laporte's been fantastic second half of the season, really high scorer. Don't overthink it. You like the idea of back to a Liverpool. Uh, and again, doesn't harm, doesn't offend me either. Again, Liverpool after City, United, Everton, Newcastle, Tottenham, Southampton, Wolves. Um, yeah, it's also good options there. Um, Dave simple goal as always when Dave asks us questions I think it should be the other way around because he's doing so well in Sky but um, yeah, he says the game's a little way off but I think towards the end of April there's a Brentford and Man United single game day um, and he's just yeah. wondering what, what the plans are for that so that's partly why I got Tony in now because I actually think I'm going to at the moment my armband is on Tony um, especially if Ericsson plays I think he's that yeah, he's kind of that important already, isn't he, to them? He scored twice, didn't he, in, in midweek for um, uh, Denmark? Um, obviously off-tangent, but if he plays, he's creating chances for Tony, and it's allowed that little formation change. So I think I'll I'll be on Tony. Yeah, the, the, one, the one thing, the one reason I might not be is that suddenly Ronaldo or Bruno, because again, Bruno looked quite good in the international break, starts banging in goals then. You'd probably have to go with one of them. But as it stands, Dave, I am... Armband and Tony for that one because I don't want to get caught in the Manchester United player trap. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, can't can't blame you. I was just going to say, I think for me, I'm completely loose on it yet at the moment. Um, I think there are four that you could captain. You've you've named them all really. I think you have got three players from Man United that are probably going to be reasonably well picked. You've got De Gea, Bruno, and Ronaldo. Um, Sancho maybe, but he's he just doesn't seem yeah. as as exciting an option as Bruno to me. Um, and then, as you say, Tony for Brentford. Um, and he's on his pens as well. He's well. He's he's to be fair. When if you look at his recent games, Tony has been absolutely banging in the goals. Um, most of them probably being penalties, penalties. but um, he's probably one of the best penalty takers in the world as well. So, Norgard and Eriksson is outside shouts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, mate. In like you, so you're bigging up Eriksson then, haven't you? Saying he looked impressive. So yeah. Definitely, Ericsson looks a looks an option as well. We just we all know he's a good player, and yeah, it was yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised if he had a little if he stays fit. He had a little bit of a run towards the end of the season, a couple of goals, some assists, maybe some man of the matches. I, I might be totally wrong. Um, let's wait. Let let you know. Let's see. Uh, then Gavin Chambers. So um, hopefully we've as, answered that just by looking at the fixtures, then mate. But. Um, yeah, if you, that's if you own Trent, I suppose. 
Um, but he's asking for the Wolves in Newcastle game next Friday. Um, he's got Jose Sarr and Bruno. I'm not. It's the the midfielder from um, from Newcastle, Bruno. Um, and he's got no coverage for Burnley v Everton. Um, okay, yeah. So he's he's in a bit of a better position than me. He's just saying, is it worth taking either of those out for Pope or a, or a player to cover the Burnley game or skip it? Um, personally, <coughs> excuse me. I would probably take out um, Jose Sarr. Bring in Pope and then just Captain Bruno for the uh, the Wolves in Newcastle single. Yeah, yeah, I'd be the same. I'm just looking at him now. He's gets a tackle, doesn't he? Likes a tackle and a pass. It's only early data because he hasn't played that much. But the games he's the last three or four, he's had a few decent points returns. Um, yeah, I'd do that exact thing, Gavin. I really would. Yeah, get uh-huh. Pope in. And yeah, I just think I just think Pope's. Oh, I don't know. We can try and predict it now, but I think Pope is going to be over eighty percent owned in the top one k. He's going to instantly become one of the highest owned players when that when that Everton game comes about. So, I think if you're um if you're not on Nick Pope, you're a you're a brave man. They've got the um on the fixture fixture ticker on Fantasy Football Hub. They're actually top of the top top of the ticker for um sort of the easiest. I say that very loosely. Fixtures from now to the end of the season, they've got Everton, City, Norwich, Southampton, West Ham, Wolves, Watford, Villa, Tottenham, Newcastle. Um, I think there'll be a fair few saves bonuses in there, Tom. Yeah. For Pope. So I don't hate it. I see that as a move in and leave to the end of the season sort of move. And as Paul McNulty picked up on, I can't remember what it was, if it was the three for one, when he did that little bit of comparison in the overhaul and actually Pope, even though he was conceding goals, was actually like matching other goalkeepers with cleans because of the saves volume that he was picking up. So, yeah, just seems like a sensible move for the for Gavin, doesn't it? Um, uh, Bushy FF. Um, it's, it's quite a question that no one's actually discussed before. Um, he's asking about Jared Bowen and whether it's worth bringing him back in. Um, so there's we, we saw, I think, on this week's fixtures, they play Everton. Um, so he was just wondering if he's fit for the Everton game, would you bring him in? Or the Brentford fixture for um, a captaincy on that day? Um, I don't have any like immediate plans to, to bring him in just because I'm a bit low on transfers now and I think that's a bit of a luxury move. Um, but if Rafinha continues to be a bit crap and start annoying me, um, I'll probably bring Bowen in for Rafinha, but only really as a last resort. I think I'd only really bring Bowen in if I needed him for a captaincy. Um, whereas I think when they play Everton, Spurs also play that day, so everyone's going to have Kane. So I I don't really have a view to bring him in. What about yourself? I would want to see him back and just like looking relatively sharp and fit, I think. They're actually quite low on the ticker as well. Not that it's it's the be-all and end-all, but Everton, Brentford, Burnley, Chelsea, Arsenal, Norwich, City, Brighton. It's mixed, isn't it? Um, plus, they've got the commitments again of the Europa... I don't even know what it's called. It's the Europa League. They're in it? the Europa League, yeah. I, I, I don't know if yeah. they've got to the final yet or the semi, but they beat Sevilla, didn't they? So Yeah, so it's like they looked a bit leggy after that 120, didn't they? Yeah. Um, 
That well, I think, and yeah, talk about leggy. I think David Moyes plays the same eleven every game, regardless of how many days yeah. there have been between games. Like the likes of Antonio and Bowen and Rice play ninety minutes every game, don't they? Yeah, fragged. So that's obviously going to happen. Running both competitions is going to have an impact, and because he's been injured, I would just like you said, if I was to bring him back in, I'd at least want to see how he looked in the Everton game. But I would understand. If you want to take a punt and bring him back in against the Everton against Everton, because Everton have been so leaky, haven't they? So just depends your position, I guess. Um might need the fixture grid for this one. Mitch asks us, when is a good time to get a Leicester midfielder in? <clears throat> I think yeah, he's saying that they've got one to two more fixtures over the next four weeks. Um and then he just mentions, yeah, there's a bit of a doubt as to, to who starts. Um, before I get the fixtures up, like you say they've got one or two extra fixtures. Based on the fact that you're not entirely sure who starts, do you think the player that you actually end up picking is going to play one or two more fixtures than the rest? That's a question I think worth worth asking. Um, but I'll get rid of these questions and whiz up the fixture grid a second. So let's have a look at Leicester and do this on the fly. To be completely honest, it looks like the hop-on point is well, it's almost right now, isn't it, really? Yeah, mate. Yeah. It's almost just Probably get one straight it. in. Maybe I've got Man United, who arguably a a, a favourite. Well, Man United aren't terrible, but defensively they're pretty, pretty woeful. So, yeah, I'd like to think if you brought in a Leicester mid or an attacking asset against Man United, you could expect something out of them. The thing <laughs> is, they've got... Um... They've got United and then they actually don't play then till the 10th of April. Yeah. So that's the 2nd to the 10th. So there's a couple of teams in there. They've got a couple of games. So um, so Arsenal have got a couple of games in between. In fact, Arsenal have got what? what yeah, well, they've got a couple. Leeds have got one, two, three. Um, so maybe it's actually not for United. Maybe it's post post the 10th or for the 10th of April, Tom. Yeah, because like, like you're saying, oh, well, <laughs> not that anyone's really going to have an Everton player in, but just looking, they've got Everton play three games in the time that, that Leicester play one over that period. So, um, yeah, possibly the 10th of April seems to be the hop-on point. And then the, the fixtures really kick off for Leicester, don't they? After then, they've got five fixtures um, where most teams yeah. have three or four. So, yeah, you're probably right with the 10th. Um, but again, for me, those fixtures, yeah, they're just so close to one another. Um, if you factor in the Conference League as well. Um, yeah, you say Leicester themselves have one or two extra games, but will the player you pick actually play one or two extra games? That's the risk you take, I suppose. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, just whack questions back up. Thank you for that question, Mitch. Hopefully we helped you with that one. Um, and then our good mate, Mr Cheek. I think he might be coming on next week with Sam while I'm away. Um, so hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully that'll be nice nice for everyone to, to get to meet him. Um, and he asks us, how do we feel about players playing for teams with very little left to play for in terms of the league? Um, so he's naming James Ward-Prowse, Coutinho, Gallagher, Madison, and then, yeah, just picking on Leicester because they've got to prioritise that that European competition. Um, and he says, when do we think beach mentality should factor into our player choices? I think it's a big thing, isn't it? it I, I noticed it last year and, and that sort of year before. I think with Leicester, I do feel like there's a pressure because 
I've just been Leicester that they should be finishing higher than they are. So I don't know if there's just going to be this run through from Rogers where he's going to want to push him to the end of the season to get the highest, like the highest possible return with the fact that they've just been so poor all season. I I don't know. What do you, what do you think there, Tom, with Leicester in particular? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think it also depends on how they get on in that conference league, right? Because there's every possibility they get knocked out. So, um, he didn't even realise he was still in it, uh, J- uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers, at one point. He got told, of, you know, some, yeah, seriously, there was like a, he came out and said, oh, I didn't realise. So it's like, would you, you know, I didn't even know what it was called, mate. I had to, you know, sort of dig in the, dig in the memory bank to remind myself it was the Europa. It's, it's not really on anyone's radar, radar really, is it, of any, of any high quality. So um, I don't mind a Leicester asset to the end of the season. Do you know what you actually win for winning the Conference League? Is it entry into the Europa League? I literally have no idea. I guess it's not the Champions League, is it? It must be. It must be the Europa League. Um, yeah, I, I I completely agree with with with. Well, he doesn't actually make a point about them, but I would try to avoid those players that you've named towards the end of the season. Um, one player I I think Gallagher is just going to be. He just seems like the kind of player that every time he steps on a football pitch, he just gives one hundred and ten percent. And he doesn't really, doesn't appear to be a beach sort of mentality player. Um, but maybe but James... I don't think Palace will do that. No. Because every season they're blooming mid-table. So does that mean they wrap wrap their, um, you know, wrap it in it sort of 30-odd games for, for, I don't think, oh, yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. But yeah, Gallagher doesn't strike me like that. But I don't know if Vieira is going to be keen for that. Maybe in other seasons they have been. Um I, I agree with the point. I think I'd avoid most sort of uh, teams that have kind of got nothing to play for. That, but the odd, odd exception for me would be probably a Leicester player, but I might be proved completely wrong. Um, and Gallagher shoutmates totally legit as well. Like he's got like England career on the line and all that, and he wants to keep proving himself, doesn't he? So maybe back to Chelsea next season. Who knows? Um... But there's certainly other teams and players, mate, that I would definitely avoid. Yeah, and well, I think you could make a, you could easily, quite easily make an eleven of players that that genuinely have something to play for. To be honest, I mean, we mentioned Man City and Liverpool. I really anticipate the title going right down to the wire. Um, Chelsea probably, well, they've got so many issues at the moment, haven't they? Players out of contract. Um, they're yeah. all in on the Champions League. Fair enough, but yeah, there's a, there's a chance that you know they their position in the league is pretty much settled and yeah so many players looking like they're out of contract don't look like they're going to be able to sign anyone so yeah I think predicting that Chelsea game to- team towards the end of the season is going to be difficult um, although I do like the look of Chalabar actually I think he might be a, an outside shout but um, yeah uh, but like I was trying to say you can make a uh, you can I think you can make a full 11 of players with things to play for so the likes of Nick Pope battling for relegation Man City and Liverpool title to the end of the season Arsenal fighting for top four, Spurs are similar. Um, United, United. I think you can easily make an eleven of of, of players with something to play for. Um, and I think, well, who are in the relegation battle at the moment? I think you'd you'd factor five or six teams in that. I mean, Norwich yeah. and Watford probably down already, and then it's the third team like Leeds. I think Leeds, um, Brentford, and Burnley are all oh, under threat there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah, I think I, I always try and I think like last season I did it. No, it was last season, season before, sort of picked a few teams with 
sort of avoided players with with beach mentality and went with players that needed had something to play for and actually really shot me up the ranks. Um, I can't remember last season as much. So I don't, yeah, I think trying to get your eleven as close to competitive um, as possible is is, is kind of crucial. And that was the case when you know when Liverpool won the league was it two years ago? I think a load of people had Liverpool. I know my mini league, like a couple of the managers were really invested in Liverpool. And we like we really were on that, or they were on the beach, and um, that's the the difference, isn't it? Sort of once they'd won the league, kind of got battered by City four one and all this. Sort of stuff. But it didn't so, matter at that point, did it? No, exactly. So I think there is a case to to miss a majority of players that have nothing to play for and, and pick the ones that are really fighting because they just have another 5-10% in them, don't they? Because they want to go and win whatever it is or stay up. So, yeah, I think we've answered that one fairly fairly, um, fairly solidly, Tom. Well, that's, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. That that about does it for uh, the, uh, the, the the Game Week 34 preview for, for Sky. Um, anything else to add at all, Sam? No, that's everything I think, mate. Nice one. Well, we'll leave it there then. Um, thanks everyone for watching, and yeah, welcome back to fantasy football. Good luck for uh, for your week, and yeah, for the rest of the season. Hopefully, hopefully, we gave you a little bit of insight there. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs>